Welcome to Scrollin, episode 92. I'm Ket, joining me as always, Davia Starjumper. What's going on, man? Not much. Just been scrolling. You came in, you came in hot on that intro. I did. You came in hot. I, I did. was like, didn't know what to do. You, you, you called on me. I, my answer wasn't ready. You know, I just, know. Uh, yeah, it's been it's been a whole month, so we're still we're a little rusty at this uh, at this podcast business. But you know. you know, we've taken a break from podcasting, but we really haven't taken a break from ESO at all. We've actually actually quite the opposite. Yeah, we've, we've been scrolling more than ever. Me for sure. Yeah, I've, you you've really been on a lot lately. Oh yeah, uh, and there's been a lot of news. There's really just a lot to talk about. We have um we have a letter from the studio director about. Uh, what to expect in 2023. We have a letter from the lead combat developer about the the core combat values. We're going to talk about that. Uh, we finally got our deathmatch weekend. We'll have some some stories to tell about that. Some other PvP stuff. Uh, we have a bunch of builds to get into. Uh, we got some emails. Um, oh, yeah. So this is going to be a banger, guys. This is going to be a, a a a great first episode of the new year, 2023. Um, so so get comfortable. Get oh, your Red yeah. Bull. You know what uh, they say, buckle up, it's a banger. They're always saying that. <laughs> they're, they're always saying that. <laughs> I'm kind of getting sick of it. It's been a little overused, you know. That's we got to come up with something new. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I think this could be a long episode. So, uh, you know, get caffeinated, get comfortable, uh, and, and all of that. So let's just start off with uh, this studio director's letter, ESO's 2022 Retrospective and the Future is the title of this thing. Uh, it's from studio director Matt Fyror. I think it's pronounced Fyror, even though I always want to say Fyror. Fyror. Um, <laughs> uh, this was published about a month ago. Uh, it's a pretty long letter. I'm not going to read the whole thing. I'm just going to pick out some of the key quotes that kind of just get the idea across. Um, so he says, once again, it's time to share some thoughts on where ESO is and to look ahead. In 2023, ESO will be seeing an amazing chapter as well as some long-requested changes to the types of content that we will deliver, uh, based largely on community feedback. He also says, Update 36 introduced far too many bugs and issues, uh, and we can be far, far better, and we know it. My thought on that phrase right there is, you know, it, bugs and, and stuff and like performance issues and stuff like that are annoying. But those are not my big concerns with update 36. You know, no. my, my concerns are the conscious, intentional decisions that were made around balance and, and things like that. You know, I, I like that he's acknowledging their shortcomings in terms of bugs and performance and stuff. That's nice. But I think we need other acknowledgement. Well, I, you know, and maybe I'm reading too much into that sentence. But, you know, he, he, he says introduce far too many bugs and issues, but he doesn't really define what issues are. And so I kind of take that as, you know, they're probably aware of a lot of the issues that weren't necessarily technical bugs, but issues that created. And so I kind of see right there. He's being vague enough that maybe maybe yeah. he is referring to that. And, you know, he, he says that they can be better. And, and we know, it. you know, like I said, he, you know, you can say that and, you know, maybe people have said that's been said too many times. But I, I honestly can't remember one that it's just been that flat out. We can be far, far better, and we know it. I mean, that's just flat out kind of yeah. call, calling himself out. And I think that's, I don't know, I, I like to see that. I like to see that much better than any sort of type of cover-up. There's no cover-up in that sentence. Yeah, it's always good to see them owning their mistakes and making a commitment to to be better in the future. 
honestly, like bug, like bugs that are introduced with patches and stuff like that. I never really get upset about those. You know, it's no. like annoying when I experience it, but it's like, I know that they didn't do that on purpose, you know, and it'll get fixed eventually. Um, I'm really way more concerned about the intentional decisions that get yes, made. Absolutely. The, the bugs usually, I mean, it, if it's a huge one, it probably lasts less than a week. And if it's a minor one, then usually, you know, a couple of weeks and they get Except it Except this block bug and the, and that uh, getting stuck in a heavy attack animation bug. Those have gone on too Those long have now. gone on a decent amount. Yeah. But um, they'll get them eventually. I'm sure they will one of these days. Um, so uh, continuing on, Matt says, in general, there are two types of content in ESO. Uh, handcrafted content, such as quests, stories, and things you do one time per character. Uh, and then there are systems, which are activities that are generally repeatable, such as PvP, dungeons, trials, housing, daily crafting writs, etc. He says, we have always had a mix of the two types of content, but in terms of dev team hours, the majority of time developing the game has been weighted towards questing content. So he goes on to say, we are hearing from new players that the sheer number of zones and stories and characters is intimidating, and veteran players consistently tell us that they would, they would like more content that isn't played through just once. Uh, they want content that utilizes our already existing zones uh, to add new things to do, and most importantly, introduces some new gameplay. So he says in 2023, uh, or he says 2023, we'll see us moving away from the year-long adventure 12-month storyline he says i think these have run their course what do you think davis you think the the year-long adventure has run its course time for something else absolutely i do i mean um i liked the idea you know and and this isn't to knock it and say i don't like it now but like when they first announced the year-long adventure i liked it it was fun it was kind of scheduled kind of knew what was going on but as we've gone through several of them i mean what are the what are the two, you know, what are the two expansions we go back to when, when times are great? It was Morrowind and Somerset. And guess what? Those yeah. are not, those are the, those are the expansions right before the year long adventure. So, uh, I, you know, I, I love the, the fact that he's, you know, they're basically saying that they want to go back to, not, not that the, he said that they want to go back to those, but just the idea that we're potentially going back to that kind of focus where it's, Everything at once, one big zone, and then, you know, additional items created with the zone. I love that. Well, he and kind of, we'll see here in a minute, he maybe kind of sort of is saying that, that we might be going back to that. And I think it's, I think it's huge, you know, that paragraph you just said before of, you know, the new players are, are being intimidated by how many zones there are and what quests to go. I mean, I can firsthand say, you know, I've tried to talk multiple people into this game you know, from my own children to friends and, and buddies and things like that. And that is the feedback they always say is that, you know, they kind of say, well, you know, where do I start and in which direction should I go? And, you know, I try to kind of explain to them and, you know, direct them a certain way or not. But it is intimidating for a new player to have not, you know, not three paths to choose from. You've got 25 paths to choose from and they don't know and they're trying to piece all the stories together. And so I think it's huge that they're owning up to that, that they understand there's an issue with the new player. There's just so much. And all these veteran players have already played through all that stuff and they aren't get, not getting much out of it. And so I love the idea that he point blank says they want to focus more on the replayability type items. 
Yeah, and a lot of veteran players, even if they haven't played at all, they might not be interested. You know, like yeah. we've been playing a long time, and I don't necessarily play all the story content these days. I play some of it, but not yeah. all of it. Absolutely. Um, so I, I kind of like hearing that there's going to be a, a shift in focus there. So it kind of lays out the the 2023 content cadence, what the what this release sort of schedule is going to look like for next year. So um, first quarter is going to be a normal dungeon DLC, just like always. So nothing different for the first quarter. Uh, in the second quarter, we're going to get the big chapter, the big paid expansion. Um, but this time it's going to be a fully self-contained story all on its own. Uh, and he says that's going to allow them to go back to making bigger, better, more detailed chapters. And that's a that's an exact quote. And I think it's really interesting that wording that he's he's not saying this is going to allow them to make bigger, better, more detailed chapters. He says it's going to allow them to go back to making yeah. bigger, better, more detailed chapters. Yep. So if you think about if we're going back, just like you were just saying, Davius, if we're going back to before the the year long adventure thing, that's Morrowind and Somerset. Those are the two exactly. that we had. Um, so it's a kind of a subtle way of him sort of saying like, Hey, think of Somerset, think of Morrowind when thinking of next year's expansion, uh, as ter in terms of scale and, and detail and all that sort of stuff, which has me super hyped. Yes, absolutely. And that seems like some pretty clear expectation setting, right? Like he, I, it seems like he really is trying to say like, Hey guys, get hyped. He also says that they are really excited about next year's chapter. And the word really is in all caps. You know, he's really just like going for this hype thing. Mm -hmm. And we talked about on the last episode how last year around this time they were giving this communication about what to expect for the year. It was total opposite tone. <laughs> do right? not were, get hyped. <laughs> yeah. Like, hey, guys, do not get hyped. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Repeat, no hype for 2022. <laughs> um, but, um, but yeah, this year you're saying, yeah, go for it. Let's get hyped. Uh, Gummy Bear says they're going to re-release Skyrim in ESO and it's going to be $60. Yeah, the full <laughs> game of Skyrim in ESO. That's going to be the... <laughs> Davius would love that, actually. I'm all for it. Let's do it. Yeah. I'll pay the $60 right now. Shut up and take my money. <laughs> so um, they're really excited about next year's chapter. Um, and it's going to... He says it's going to contain one of the most requested new features. Now that's the that's, that's the, the big line, line. That everyone's really that's fixated on. That's the big one. Yeah, that's you, you read the forums. Everyone's talking about you know what's 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 this new feature going to be? Um, any guesses, Davius? What do you think this new feature is going to be? Yeah, I honestly have no idea. I I, <laughs> I know that the 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 real popular choice is the the spell crafting. Um, and we've talked about this. I'm I'm not super pumped about that i i see the fun and and the what ability it could do it just me personally i won't go into it all i could you know i could ramble out for a while i spellcrafting doesn't really excite me because one of the things that i really love about this game is the character the class abilities and weapon abilities and the animations and the the uniqueness that goes with them and i think if you introduce spellcrafting it's got to fit in certain parameters and i think that it potentially takes away from the uniqueness of a specific class or a specific weapon ability. I think that you're not going to be able to make the the unique level of animations and things like that and the unique type abilities as specific if you kind of have this spellcrafting system. So I kind of hope it's not that. I know that's the popular choice, but there's so many different ways that I've read on the forums about this being, you know, that this could be take, you know, 
different ways to take this. You know, most requested new feature, you know, people say that that could potentially be a new class. You know, most requested new feature, a new class would be a new feature. And people are always clamoring for a new class. You know, I know that the uh, the unarmed skill line or the you know the the spear weapon type there's there's so many different ways this could be taken that i feel like there's pretty strong voices for for certain specific things out there but who knows where it's going to go i really i really have no idea leaning one way or the other yeah i think um and gummy bear in the chat makes a good point the the one thing that makes spellcrafting just a strong possibility is is just the fact that it, it that system has already been created and it actually does exist they just haven't given players access to it if you go to uh youtube you can search um uh it was a quakecon convention so you can search mm -hmm. like eso spellcrafting quakecon it was back in 2014 they gave a demonstration of the system it is a fully fleshed out thing that exists right now and for some reason for whatever reason all this time you know they've never put it into the game but um I think that's the one thing that kind of makes it like a strong possibility. If you're kind of looking for something easy, like, like, man, yeah. that work's already been done. They might have to make some tweaks to make it fit in this meta balance wise and stuff. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But I'm kind of with you. I mean, I feel like I would be okay with that as, as the feature. Like I would be like, okay, that's cool. I'll play around with that. That'll be a neat thing to have, but I'm, I, I don't think I'd be like super hyped about that. I think, um, something we talked about last night, something like a, cooler version of that would be like give us the ability to alter existing abilities that we yes. have like may, maybe have like a amazing. third morph option for mm -hmm. class abilities or something like that yeah and that's and that all you know i said this when we were talking about this is that you know they're talking you know the, a lot of talk around the 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 spell crafting i mean think how many abilities are already in the game that have very cool animations very cool ideas that just are unusable because they're, you know, they're a flawed system. I would rather just overhaul some of these abilities, kind of like they do with sets, you know, they'll go back and kind of overhaul a set, make it usable again. I would love if they would oh, yeah. just do that for some of the really unused abilities just to make oh, yeah. There's more diversity, yeah, just more diversity with abilities. And you, you know, you made a great point. There's morphs out there that are just non-existent. Like there's one more, you know, there's two morphs to an ability, but there's abilities out there where every single person out there is using the one morph because the other one just doesn't make sense. Another thing that a lot of people are guessing might be a new feature is that maybe we'll get a veteran overland mode. Um, where like when you're just out in the open world, you can change the difficulty setting so that mobs and stuff are more difficult and bosses and stuff like that. I could be down for that. That'd be pretty neat. If they adjust like the uh, experience that you gain and like, you know, you get higher quality loot from bosses and chests and stuff like that. Um, I'd be down for that. I think that'd yeah, be cool. I think that would be really cool. So that's Q2. Uh, I'm really looking forward to Q2 to, to next year's chapter to see what that's going to be all about. Uh, we're going to get some more details about that. Sometime this month, there's going to be a, a reveal event where we'll, we'll learn more about it. Uh, for the third quarter, they're going to just focus on quality of life and bug fixes and performance and that sort of stuff. So uh, no dungeon DLC in the third quarter. Love it. <laughs> Here's the thing, and let me clarify on that, is that I, it's not that I don't want the new dungeons, that, you know, I think that them coming out with new dungeons is, is important. But when they're coming out with four a year, it's almost like, you know, for a player like me and you, a veteran player and things like that, it's 
really what we're excited about there is we just look at the sets. Is there a set possibility where it's a usable set? We're not necessarily excited about the the dungeon. And I think, you know, like he said earlier, think of the, the amount of work that a, a dev has to put into creating a, an entire dungeon and all the quest line and the stuff that goes with it. So yeah. I, I, I love this new Q3 focus. I'll let you finish the sentence, but I love the idea of, of where they're going with it. Yeah, I like the idea of having an entire quarter dedicated to just making the game better. And mm-hmm. and that's it, you know. Because, yeah, it, it seems like it probably is a lot of work to make two whole new dungeons and all those armor sets that go with the dungeons and, and all that, you know. And a lot of those armor sets have special animations that artists have to, you know, come up with and all that sort of stuff. It's a lot of work. If they could put all that development time into just making the game better for one entire quarter, I feel like that's going to be good. There definitely is concerns about are we losing ESO plus value, you know, for that quarter, because that's one of the things that subscription gives you is, is access to those DLC dungeons. Um, so I certainly get that. And for people who do look forward to those dungeons, absolutely valid. Um, but yeah, like Davis, like you were just saying, you and me, we don't really play the dungeons unless there's just an armor set we want, but otherwise I never play the dungeons. Um, so if they're saying they're going to spend a quarter you know, focusing on making the the aspects of the game that I do interact with better, I think I'm getting more for my money in that case than personally. Yeah, and and think how much better that the you know the Q1 dungeons could potentially be. You know, instead of making four mm-hmm. dungeons, maybe they're making two really really good dungeons. Um, as far as what they mean by quality of life, you know, quality of life could end up being something fairly big. You know, like the set curation system and transmuting and reconstructing. That's quality of life. Uh, yeah. The the quick wheel improvements, the target markers, that kind of stuff would be things I think we could expect to see in a, in a Q3 uh, release. Yeah. Um, I'm wondering if we might still get some new armor sets, like as rewards for the worthy sets, like some new PVP sets added for that yeah. quarter two, possibly. Yep. But yeah, I think if they make good on that quality of life stuff and all that, then great. We don't, we don't need more dungeons. We're so many dungeons already. How many dungeons are there? Like a hundred or too many dungeons? A lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then in Q4, uh, rather than having a new zone and story DLC, they're going to introduce some new system. Uh, and we don't know what that system is going to be. Um, there's going to be details later this month, sometime in January. Um, but, um, he does, you know, early in, earlier in this letter, we read Matt's own words about what a system is. He says, uh, a system, systems are activities that are generally repeatable, such as PvP, dungeons, trials, housing, crafting, etc. So those types of things are systems. Um, and the very first thing he named in that list is PvP, by the way. And that seems like yeah. an intentional choice. I feel like he's, he's really subtly trying to, like, tell the PvP community, you are on our mind, you know, like, we're thinking about you. Um, so love the new transition yeah that's nice um i do not think that we can expect new skill lines and classes with this q4 release i think that's still a a second quarter chapter type thing that we would see there i think that would be too small of a thing maybe to be considered a system as far as like what they're describing as a system yeah um but maybe we could get some new battlegrounds maps maybe some new battlegrounds game modes Ooh, that would be amazing Davis, you talked about on the last episode that maybe uh, this would be the year they do some Cyrodiil and Imperial City overhauls. That might yep. be a good time for that. Um, I think that would be the quarter if they did want to add a new trial or arena 
yep. maybe that fourth quarter would be the time to and, and add it to an existing zone. There's plenty of space, you know. To yeah, I loved you. Had, you had mentioned the idea of maybe they get to the point where just every zone has its own arena. I mean, how amazing would yeah. that be? That would be awesome. Yeah, that would be really nice. Yeah, it really would be. Just like yeah, every zone has like a certain number of public dungeons and world bosses and, and it's one arena and yeah. all that. Yeah, that'd be neat. Um. I also think things like antiquities and and the card game and that type of stuff would be considered a system. So maybe that kind of stuff maybe could yeah. find its way into a Q4 release. Um, but it seems like to me, I'm kind of extracting uh, the subtle message that maybe PVP is going to be a focus for that Q4 release. It, I may I maybe just am am reading too much into it, and it's hopeful thinking or whatever. But that seems to be kind of sort of subtly what he's saying there. I don't remember, they don't use the actual letters PVP, I feel like, in their messages like this yeah. very often. So <laughs> Not very often, It's no. pretty huge that it is written in there, and first. It's in there, yeah, it's in there at all, and it's the first thing he mentioned as, as an example of, of what a system is. Um, so I'm looking forward to this year. Um, I do think that it's important to keep in mind that at no point does he say that this is their plan, that, like this is their pattern going forward into the future. This is just the plan for 2023. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? In 2024, it could be the exact same pattern or it could be some completely different thing. You know, he's not saying anything about 2024. We're, we're only talking about this year. Uh, I think it's important to keep that in mind. You know, next year, it, uh, it could be, you know, Q3 might have dungeons in, in that year. You know, we'll, we'll just see. Going through this whole message and this whole thing that, that, the biggest thing I take away from this is, and it's, you know, I feel like it's shown just, it's really reinvigorated me playing a whole lot. I've been playing a whole lot here lately, just in the sense that, you know, he, th this guy, he's a businessman. Like he, he's not, he's not an idiot. He's not a dummy. You don't get to this level of position being, being a dummy. And he did not have to hype it to this level. And, and, and right. even going back with the pattern of last year, last year, he very professionally, and, you know, cleverly said, hey, this is going to be a rough year. You know, I, he'd said it in different words, but he set the expectation bar very low for last year. And I think we can all agree it was a, it was a tough year content wise yeah. and oh, yeah. decision wise and things like that. And so uh, he did not have to hype it to this level. He, he could have worded this very differently, but uh, I think this guy is smart enough to know, like, you can't build this level of hype and then not deliver. And so I, I really am going into this next year. I mean, I'm ready. I I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm excited. I think this is going to be really, really good. Yeah. I'm with you. And, I, and I'm getting that too. Like he is hyping it up too much for them to not have something cool in store for us. So just a quick recap. There's no more year long adventure. Um, there's going to be bigger, better, more detailed chapters with the second quarter. They're really excited with all caps about the Q2 chapter. Uh, it's going to have some most requested new feature. There's not going to be any dungeons in the in the third quarter. Instead, they're going to be focusing on quality of life and bugs and performance. Uh, and in the fourth quarter, there's going to be some new system added to the game instead of a new zone. That's the plan for 2023. And again, uh, no clue what's happening in 2024. This has no bearing on that. It could be similar. It could be totally different. So that's that. So we have another letter from a from a developer here. This one's titled uh, ESO Developer Deep Dive Core Combat Values. 
Uh, and this is from Brian Wheeler, the PvP and combat uh, lead developer. Um, so this is basically just him outlining what their core values are when they are making, you know, balance decisions around the combat system. These are the things that they, you know, they, they try to keep in alignment with. Um, so the first core value is play the way you want. So, uh, and then there's like some sort of like sub bullet points, uh, below these. So play the way you want, uh, means wear any combination of light, medium, uh, and heavy armor. Slot abilities from any skill line you've discovered, uh, and they think of it as deck building through a selection of abilities, items, champion points, etc. So that's play the way you want. Um, second core value is active combat. Active combat means block, roll, dodge, and bash are not constrained by the global cooldown. Um, no ability cooldowns and a short global cooldown. Um, most abilities are instant with cast times being the exception and weapon swapping. <laughs> that's kind of a weird <laughs> one, but that's, it's, that's its own bullet point. So part sure. of active combat is weapon swapping. Third core value is mastery. So mastery means, uh, builds consist of a combination of abilities, items, and champion points, uh, real time resource management, optimizing ability rotations and timing. Uh, light attack weaving. That's an interesting one right there. Yeah. Um, it's, it's interesting to me that light attack weaving has its own bullet point as one of their components of one of their core values. Uh, it's, it's just kind of neat to see that in writing. Um, and to me that that's another sort of intentional sort of communication to veteran players. Like, Hey, the things that you love about this game, about this combat system, we're not planning to get rid of those things. Absolutely. Know? There's a lot of this, both of these letters to me seem to be very directed towards the, the long-term player, the people, I don't know about you, Davis. I know I've seen a lot of people feel like, man, this, this game caters to new players only, and they don't seem to really care that much about people who've been playing a long time. Yeah. And this seems like they are really catching on to that sentiment and are really making an effort to com communicate to long-term players like, Hey, we've heard that feedback and we are making an attempt to correct that. Both both of these communications are by far the most that I can remember of any communication uh, focused on the veteran player. So it's really cool to see that focus. It seems like what you just said that you know the, the, about that that sentiment that the game's very focused on new players and new dollars. It seems like they're really you know aware of that message, and and this message is is approaching it from a different tactic for sure. Yeah, it's it's really nice to see. Um and then their fourth core value is um for the combat need the combat needs to be Elder Scrolls inspired. Uh so that means that health, magicka, and stamina are the attributes that you use. Uh class selection does not define or constrain your role. And I think that's an interesting one right there because that hasn't always been the case. You know, yeah. there used to be a healing class. There used to be a yeah one specific tanking class you know so that's an example that shows that these values can change over time they're not chiseled in stone absolutely um also uh part of being elder scrolls inspired skill lines are discovered and leveled up by using them um and they say many skill lines are staples from previous elder scrolls games such as werewolf and Hem heavy armor and mages guild etc so that's that's all of that. Um, he said they were going to give us an overview for what their plans are for the for update 37 uh, again sometime this month in January. So 
we should be getting a lot of information this month uh, about what to expect for uh, for the coming year. Yep. Um, I've seen a lot of criticism about this letter. A lot of people saying that this isn't telling us anything that we don't know. This isn't any new information. But I don't think I agree with that. You know, I didn't. I did not know for sure that they considered light attack weaving to be an important part of their combat system, like an important core value that they're, that they are not willing to sacrifice. You know, like I like seeing that in writing. I like seeing this whole list of things whenever they make balanced decisions in the future, I can refer back to this and say, is that in alignment with their core values that they've stated themselves? But to me, there's a lot of value in having this, this document here. I, I think there's a couple important things to note here with this is that one they're in a tough spot right now, right? Like we've talked about it. It's been a rough year. You know, the 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 quick reaction to probably any communication they have right now is probably going to be negativity first. That's just that's just kind of <laughs> yeah. where that's just kind of where they're at right now. Right. I think that's important to note too. And then secondly, I think that, you know, they didn't have to do this. Like they didn't have to send this message. Like this isn't something mm-hmm. that they absolutely had to do they could have never done this and we wouldn't have really have expected it so i kind of look at it in that regard as it's it's something out of the ordinary that they released and they're they're they've they've had a couple communications about improving their communication and i think that's exactly what this is this is kind of saying this is kind of where our focus is when we make decisions and then the last thing i would say is is that you know i've seen a lot of like posts or communications about like they didn't tell us anything. They didn't tell us their actual deep decisions and, and you know, tell us exactly why they did things. And I, I, I for one, I don't, I don't want them to do that. I think that's not going to be good for them. That's a losing battle for them. If exactly. they start trying to explain themselves every little thing, exactly. then it's, there's no end to it after they, that. They have to have enough trust on their team to, to trust in their team and, and mm-hmm. to make their own decisions and not try to please every single player. Like they've got to have some level of, they've got to keep internal decisions. And once they make those decisions, have enough confidence to release them. And, and so I, I don't want them to get to where they're sitting there and every single little decision, they're trying to share it with everyone. I, I think just like what you said, I think that's a, a, a losing battle for them. And so I, I think this message was very well put together. I, I was really happy with it. I don't need to know every, you know, decision or why or this and and all the details but it's nice and refreshing to know that they say this is what we think about when we make our decisions and it's nice to have this list Uh, i think you made one of the best points is that anytime new decisions come out they they've provided a list that we can go back and reference we can go back and look and say okay this is a decision they made you know this is we can we should be able to go back to this and say okay this is what they were thinking when they made when they made this combat change yeah so um that's great. Really, both of these letters, both of these communications, I think resonate with me in a really positive way. I read both of these coming and came away from them feeling really hopeful about the future of this game. I honestly think good things are ahead. So uh, we've been doing a lot of PvP. We finally had our deathmatch weekend. Um, yep. it was about a month ago. Uh, we weren't sure we were ever going to get it, but it happened and it was glorious. Um, it was a lot of fun. We saw a lot of players that we hadn't seen in quite a while. The, the matches were ultra sweaty. Yep. Um, I kind of had forgotten, you know, 
we've kind of gotten this false sense of how good we are at this game because a lot of great players have quit. <laughs> they're, they're not around anymore. After the last couple of updates. So we've been enjoying quite a lot of success in Battlegrounds for the last, I don't know, six months. Um, <laughs> during this um, deathmatch weekend, I mean, we, we had some success, but we had to work for it a lot harder. That's for sure. Um, so, but that was fun. I, I like the sweaties. That's, that's how I like it. It was, it was a fantastic weekend. And it, what's crazy thing is when I look back on it, it's crazy to me how I was excited for it, you know, got in, did the death matches, but how much I missed it right after the weekend, I think is what hit me the hardest. Like when the weekend was over, I was missing it before it was even over. <laughs> <laughs> it was just, it was so, it sounds so silly, but you know, you had made this and it's such a basic point, but it, it's so much fun when the scoreboard mattered again. Like it was yeah. fun. It was so fun that, that killing another player and a player versus player system provided points. It was just, it was fantastic. That's an, that is something I noticed is like, man, I haven't like cared about the scoreboard in so long. Because no. when we're in like chaos ball or whatever, I'm not looking at the scoreboard. I don't no. care. Other than just to see how much time the, the match has left. Exactly. But um, yeah, it was nice to like actually have like close matches and you're like in second place, but it's down to the wire and you get that, that last kill right at the final minute, mm -hmm. you know, and you actually like care about winning. So, so nice. But overall it was a very bittersweet weekend because it was, yeah, hooray deathmatch. We can play as much deathmatch as we want, but also the whole time we were just thinking this just used to be the game for years. This used to know? be what we had the entire time. This was just all every day for a number of years. And it was, this is, it was just kind of this, this bittersweet reminder of what was taken from us. Um, so we did enjoy it, but yeah, it was, there was that. Um, my plan was to kind of play with all my characters, just get all my playtime in with all my characters, but I ended up just playing with old Betsy the whole time, pretty much, <laughs> my Stamplar, uh, which is fine. No no regrets whatsoever. No complaints. But um, yeah, any other Deathmatch weekend observations or, or anything? No, I mean, just like I said, I can't say I can't say enough how much it hit me after it was over. How much I missed it. That, that really going, hit me. Going as, back to not yeah. having Deathmatch just sucked so much. Yeah, it was just kind of like, oh yeah, this is this is what we were doing before the week. You know, it was kind of like a very shortened, compact version of like what we went through over the past like three years. It was like, this is Deathmatch every game. And then, you know, it was it was a weekend event. And so it was like, you, you just expected it. You didn't look at what type of match it was. You went in and you knew, all right, I'm just going to fight. And it was just kind of, and then it, you just went in, you're fighting, you were just focused on killing, all the teams were playing, you know, there was defensive, positioning mattered again, and then it was kind of like when it was over, it was back to flag games and relics, and it was like, oh yeah. Well, and it was nice to be able to see the actual PvP meta play out, you know, like, yeah. Like with um with the random queue, everyone builds to be tanks, everyone builds to stand on flags, no one's like building for the purpose of killing other players. But for this weekend, they were. They were built for that purpose. Uh, and so you could see the actual PvP meta where people are trying to kill each other start to play out. And it was actually really, really nice. It wasn't just such a tank fest, you know, because you can't, you can't kill people if you're just a tank. Um, so I, I enjoyed that. Um, it, 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 is, it is difficult to like go back to not having Deathmatch now 
Uh, it's almost like had like the opposite of the desired effect. You know, it's like, yeah, we yep. got our taste of the game mode that we <laughs> yeah. like so much, but now it like hurts even more yeah. to not have that. Yeah. Reopened a, an old wound there. Uh, but yeah, exactly what you just said. It, it was, it was really exciting to see how the meta played out. And it was, um, uh, and this, you know, I don't mean this to sound bad. So if it comes out that way, I, I apologize. I don't mean it to, but it was really exciting to see like scoreboards reflect the, what we would Player say. Player skill. Exactly. That's yeah. it's exactly what I'm getting at there is it? It was just exciting. You would you would look at scoreboards and you would see player names and you'd go, okay, like I, that score makes sense. And then you know you would play through the weekend. You'd see the same names and you just got a sense of like, okay, yeah, there's some really good players. The scoreboards are reflecting player skill, and it was just very refreshing to kind of see that again. Yeah, that was cool. I hope we get another one sometime soon. I really hope sometime in 2023 they revisit this queue situation. The, the last time they communicated about the queue system, it it seems so final. <laughs> you know, they they made it seem like this is <laughs> just it. That's um, my that's my joke for the most requested new feature is they just bring back the deathmatch mode. Yeah, honestly, <laughs> dude, I would forego all content releases for the entire year. Just give us that deathmatch option back, oh, and man. I'll be man, I'll be a happy camper. You you have joked for a long, long time that they could just release Elder Scrolls deathmatch separate game, and you're that's all you need. You just need that 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 part of the game. Dude, any game developers out there who's looking for a project, <laughs> just clone this game's combat system and make like an actually well-designed like arena battleground type system call it schmelder schmoles <laughs> online or something you know? <laughs> i don't know and then we might have to change the name of our podcast at that point mm-hmm. to schmolen yeah schmolen. <laughs> um in other Battlegrounds news, uh, we've been keeping up with these Ufidnar um, pre-made events. Ufidnar is the name of the Battlegrounds-focused guild that we're both uh, a member of. And mm-hmm. uh, uh, these have been a lot of fun. Davius, you've been participating lately. You know, we had joked, you know, in the deathmatch, you had been on Old Betsy the whole time. And, and for the deathmatch weekend, for me, I was on Lord of Nords the whole time. And, and mm-hmm. that's who I've been joining in the pre-made events. It's, it's finally... I feel like I finally have gotten to the point where I, I, you know, I've always wanted Lord of Nords to be my best PvP character, but it has absolutely not been the case. And so I think I'm actually to the point now. I've played with him enough. I've been in enough BGs consistently that I think he's he's actually my the character that I'm the best at in in a PvP sense. Well, you were kind of reluctant to join in in these um, pre-made events, and I was like. Dude, you got to get in there. Like, you got to totally, get in there. You'll, you'll fit right in. You'll have a blast. It's <laughs> awesome. Uh, and, and I got to say, man, I mean, you've been holding your own. You've been representing yourself uh, in Lord of Nords very, very well. It's been fun. Yep. He's, he's been a lot of fun. And I'm, and I'm to the point that I think that uh, you know, we've got another one signed up for this week that I did sign up with Lord of Nords. But I think this will probably be the last one that I'll sign up with Lord of Nords for a while. I've got another couple builds going. I think the next one I sign up for, I, I'm going to... I'm going to sign up with a different build. Yeah, nice, nice. Yeah, that's I've been kind of rotating. My my method has been like I'll I'll choose a character uh like the the pre-made event is usually at the end of the week, so I'll spend the whole week playing with just that character. I'll get their 
build totally ironed out and I'll practice with them and get good with them and make any kind of tweaks with the build I feel like I need to make. Uh, and then that, that pre-made event rolls around and I put them to the ultimate test, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and then I pick a new character and do it all over again. So each week it's just a, a new character and it's been a really fun way to kind of really dial a character in and really figure it out. And it's neat. We see in, in every battleground, we see all of our guild mates, right? It's a huge guild. We see a, basically every battleground. We see people that we know. Uh, and you'll see other people. They're doing the same thing that I'm doing. Like they, they have their character that they've signed up with for this week's event. Uh, and then they're they're practicing with that character and getting the mm-hmm. build figured out. And we're like going up against each other throughout the week in the solo <laughs> queue. You know, all kind of working our builds out and stuff. It's really neat to see. I, I have enjoyed the whole process. It's really neat. It has been a whole lot of fun. Yeah. And like the fact that the the way the event is organized, the way, uh, shout out to Skuma, the, the guild leader who organizes the event. Um, the fact that he puts the teams together himself, right? You just sign up as an individual and then mm-hmm. you he, he lets you know what team you'll be on. Uh, that kind of makes it to where it's not such an ultra sweaty, like the teams are not optimized, you know? Uh, they're usually like a like they're well balanced teams. Like every yeah. team has a healer, and every team has damage and all that stuff. But they're not like fully like they didn't plan their squad out yeah. ahead of time to be like fully meta and all that stuff. So it ends up being like just the right amount of sweat, you know. Like it's all yep. good players. We're all having to work hard and try our best. But like people can be killed, you know. And yes. it's not just like just like this total um, bash fest the whole time. Um. So it's been fun. I've really been enjoying it. I'm going to keep doing it. Uh, we'll we'll keep you guys updated on on how that's been going. Yeah, I would even argue that the the team like this, like the anticipation of the teams, adds a, an extra level of excitement. It's just because yeah. you know it. You'll sign up, and then when the teams are announced, everybody runs and checks the teams. And yeah, it's like Ooh, who's on my team this yeah, time. And and Skuma just... makes a point of mixing it up so that you're playing with different people all yeah. the time and stuff. And and can't stress enough about what you said about the the teams aren't these. It's not like a, a group of four players spending two weeks or a week straight just coming up with the perfect optimized group. You know, it's if you don't know who your teammates going to be, you don't you can't just put you know have four players build four builds that completely build off each other and are unkillable. And so. Most people go in there with a the build that they really try to get really well balanced and they, they feel really good about. And then you, you know, get all these teams put together and, and it's it's like you said, it's a perfect amount of sweat. It's a bunch of really good builds, really good players, but you know, kills can happen. Uh, it's really right at the sweet spot. So we have a bunch of builds. Like it's been like a month since we've uh you know, since we've done a podcast, but we've been playing a bunch. We have a bunch of builds that we're both feeling really good about. So we're not going to do any deep dives on any of these builds, but we are just going to kind of rapid fire, just kind of name them off. You know, I got like four Mm -hmm. builds here. Mm -hmm. How many do you have, Davius? Three or four? four? I think I've got four as well. So, you know, I'll try not, I'm not going to be like, the micro machines guy or whatever, you know, <laughs> pace <laughs> myself <laughs> here, but we're not going to get too deep into the details. I'm just going to kind of rattle off what the build is and, and move on to the next. And we'll see how quick we can get through these. Um, all of these, I think, yeah, all of these I've taken into the, these pre-made events. They've all been thoroughly tested in the solo queue and the group queue. I feel very, very good about all of these builds. Strongly recommend them to anyone. Uh, so first one is Bad Sally, my Stamina Dragon Knight. 
And I'm talking about her first because uh, she's a follow-up from the last episode. I was talking about this build, and I wasn't really sure if it was going to be a great build or not. I was going to try it out, mm-hmm. um, but I'm, I'm totally sold on it. I think it's a great build. Fantastic. Totally recommend it. Yeah. Um, so it's Wretched Vitality uh, as a back bar set with a two-hander, uh, Masters Dual Wield on the front bar, uh, two pieces Bloodspawn, four pieces Witch Knight's Defiance, and a Malakath Band of Brutality. It's um, five medium, one light, one heavy. Um, it's four divines. Yeah, four divines, three well-fitted. The jewelry is two swift, one bloodthirsty with weapon damage glyphs. I think I'm going to change that to all bloodthirsty eventually. Um, but the two swift, one bloodthirsty for now is is working just great. Serpent nice. Moon is for extra stamina recovery. Uh, and it's basically a dot build. It's Venomous Claw, Nauseous Breath, and Rending Slashes. Those are the three most important damaging abilities there there are others but those are the the important ones yep i would say that i think the bloodthirsty you know you're talking about that change i think that makes a lot of sense just in the sense that that one of the unique parts about this build is that you don't have an execute it's just people it's it's hilarious to see but those dots just finish people off they'll just run off from you and then they drop dead (laughs) yeah it's they're so strong and that malakath i talked about on the last episode malakath is still very good especially for a dot build like this it's really, really good. And you get that Venomous Claw. It ramps up that damage by 12% every two seconds. Mm-hmm. And then Malakath's in there. And then, yeah, I'm thinking if I have three Bloodthirsty, just ramping it up even more, you know, that's that's going to be pretty nasty. It's going to hurt to lose that movement speed. But she is uh, she's an orc in medium armor, uh, and she has major expeditions. So she will still be speed capped while sprinting. Um, so I think it'll be all right. So that's the Stam DK. Um, my uh, next build I'm going to talk about is Old Betsy, my Stamina Templar, my, my PvP main character. I'm feeling so good about Old Betsy. Davis, you were just saying how Lord of Nords, he's your your favorite character, but he's, he, ha- he hasn't always been your best build. Yes, absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Um, but now you feel like he is, and that's exactly how I'm feeling about Old Betsy. Betsy's my main. She's my favorite character. But it's been a while since I've been able to say she's my best build. And it's kind of crazy that I can say that about her now after all these nerfs. <laughs> Especially, yeah, right now of all times. And she's not using the beam. You know, the one mm-hmm. OP mm-hmm. thing about Templar she doesn't even have. But I do think this is actually my my strongest best build that I have right now. Um, so, and it's the same build that I was talking about on the last episode. It's Wretched Vitality on the back bar with a bow. Um, Black Rose Prison dual wield on the front bar. Uh, Deadly Strikes as a double bar set, the Gaze of Sithis Mythic Helm, and One Piece Magma Incarnate. Um, it's five medium, one light, one heavy, three divines, four well fitted. The jewelry is all swift with spell damage glyphs, uh, and I'm using the Apprentice Mundus for extra spell damage. Um, and the offense is just all about stacking Solar Barrage and uh, Deadly Cloak and Crescent Sweep. Those all three have those like AoE pulses that are centered on my character uh, and then along with jabs i just kind of become this walking ball of like aoe pressure right yeah and anyone that gets near me is just taking all that damage it's all unavoidable damage it's uncleansable damage um it's a lot of pressure and deadly strikes applies to all of those abilities by the way uh, all those aoe pulses jabs everything uh deadly strikes applies to all of it um, so it's actually a lot of damage and it's like relentless, you know, cause I know I'm repeating myself, but you can't dodge it. You can't cleanse it or anything. If you're, if you're in her vicinity, you're, you're getting hit with that damage. 
And it's actually a pretty good amount of damage when it all is, is stacked up. She's also super duper survivable with the Gaze of Sithis Helm and Vigor. That's like 7k extra resistance. Um, Black Rose Dual Will with another 6% mitigation. Nice. Uh, plus she has Major Evasion from Deadly Cloak. I mean, just a lot of survivability. Yeah. Um, and it's like that play style of like that battlefield commander. Like she, she's a leader. Like Betsy's yeah, a natural born absolutely. leader. Um, but she actually has like really good damage too. Like in a, in a 1v1 situation, she poses a threat, you know, whereas before I, mm -hmm. I didn't, I didn't think so. you like, like before this, I figured this build out, I felt like, yeah, Betsy's a leader. She's a battlefield commander, but in a 1v1 situation, she just, she just doesn't have the sauce. Uh, now I feel like she does like most 1v1 fights. She, she either wins or the person runs away most of the time. Um, so feeling pretty good about Betsy. Um, next build I'm going to talk about is Tane, my stamina sorcerer. Uh, his build's been locked in for a while now. It's scathing mage as a front bar set with dual maces, wretched vitality on the back bar with a bow, gaze of Sithis, mythic helm, and three agility on the jewelry. Five light, one medium, one heavy, four divines, three well-fitted. The jewelry is all infused with weapon damage glyphs. Serpent Moon is for extra stamina recovery. And the offense just consists of Haunting Cursed, Endless Fury, Rapid Strikes, and Whirling Blades. And the gimmick is all about having that, uh, that double execute, right? With the Endless Fury yeah. and Whirling Blades. Um, a lot of these tanky people that you see out there these days, uh, one execute isn't enough a lot of the time. Yeah. Um, so lining up two simultaneously really helps you get that kill uh, on a lot of people. It's just super duper fun. It's very much a like a, a sorcerer and also very much a stamina build. I've never had a stam sort build that had such strong class identity and also performed <laughs> so is. extremely well at the same time. It is it is the perfect stam sort. It is, it really is just the perfect stam sort. Um. And then the last build I'm going to talk about is Catface Johnson, my original first character that I ever the made. OG. Um, he's my Night Blade. I um, I've always called him my Stam Blade, but I can't really call him a Stam Blade now because I've basically turned him into a ranged Mag Blade since the last time I talked uh, about him. So um, his build now is uh, Wretched Vitality as a full body set, as a double bar set. Uh, Griffin's Ferocity on the front bar with a Flame Staff, uh, Master Bow on the back bar, Gaze of Sithis Mythic Helm, and One Piece Magma Incarnate. Um, it's four light, two medium, one heavy, kind of a weird armor setup. Uh, four divines, three well fitted, and the jewelry is all swift with spell damage glyphs. So it's the same gear setup that I've been using on this guy. I just, he, he was using dual wield on the front bar. I just replaced that with a Fire Staff. And then I shifted all of his attribute points from stamina over to magicka. Um, otherwise, his build is the same. Um, he's using the shadow mundus for more uh, crit damage, uh, and his offense is basically just the standard mag blade range mag blade front bar. It's merciless resolve, swallow soul, uh, impale for the execute, uh, in cap for the for the front bar ultimate, uh, and then I have venom arrow on the back bar. That's just where I get my uh, damage buff from, and it also activates the master bow. Um, it's a lot from one ability. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's just a really great build. It's it's very hybridy. It's like it very much plays like a stand blade, like defensively. You know, he's very athletic. He has a lot of movement speed, uh, and, and he he's very dodgy and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but then he has that long range mag blade kind of offense on the front bar. Um, 
I find it's really, really fun to play in a team setting. It has pretty good heals. Um, and kind of like how I play Betsy with that sort of, I'm trying to just be aware of everything that's happening all the time. And if I need to try to help kill someone, if I need to try to help heal someone, whatever I need to do, this guy can kind of take action at, at any moment and do whatever needs to be done. Just in a different way from Betsy, right? He he can yeah. kind of, he can turn invisible and he has long range and all that stuff, but he can st still sort of fill that same sort of role. Um, but it's really fun. I really like it a lot. And what's nice is I can always go back to the melee build. I still have the Griffin's Ferocity dual wield weapons in his inventory. It's mm -hmm. just a matter of putting that on his front bar instead of the fire staff and putting two different abilities on the front bar. And it's right back to that same old build, you know? So That's nice. Yeah, I didn't really even have to abandon that. I just, I kind of, I prefer a ranged Nightblade. I think it's just more fun for me. Yeah. Well, and it, it also, I feel like it's big time for, you know, if you're at range and you go, you know, and somebody kind of comes after you and you stealth, like if, if you've got range, that makes it a lot harder to deal with. Yeah. And just, just from a team, if I'm trying to play a very team minded way, I just find it easier to, to do that and to be beneficial to the team as a whole. If I'm playing melee, I kind of tend to get very tunnel vision. And I'm just kind of going for ganks all the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But the fact that he's set up this way now pretty much means that Ged, my other Nightblade, is probably just retiring from PvP now. You know, stepping away. We all knew it was coming. You know, Ged was getting older. You know, we all yeah. knew. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like Catface now, he basically has the exact same identical front bar that Ged has. Like, what what reason do I have? But like, Catface is a Khajiit. So just naturally, he's a better Nightblade than Ged is a Breton. Um, so Ged's just going to be, he's my PVE guy. He's the dude I do all the, you know, the quests and dungeons and trials and stuff like that. He's my main crafter. He'll just be dedicated to that stuff. And he can, he can let Catface deal with the PVP stuff. There you go. Okay, man, I need to catch my breath now. Davius, the rundown. you got some builds. It's your turn to talk for a while. There we what go. builds do you have for us, man? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, starting off with, with my PvP main, uh, you know, you're talking about Catface being, you know, the range. This guy is the opposite of a range build. Uh, uh, Lord of Nords, my Stam DK. He is up close and personal. Uh, but, you know, I, you know, the biggest thing I want to say about his build is that he's definitely the one I've been playing with the most. but Probably my favorite part about this build is that it's like, you know, DK is really popular with the meta right now. Uh, corrosive, uh, you know, kind of building off the corrosive and things like that. I think my favorite part about this build is that it's been hanging with the meta. Like I can say he's been in the very competitive, sweaty matches. And I, I just finally feel like I've got this build just to peak performance. And it is not your typical meta DK build at all, <laughs> which, no, is, which is, is the sweet is spot for good, me. good, though. It's a solid build. I can tell you from firsthand experience. <laughs> so the, the build itself is uh, it's the Oaken Soul uh, Mythic, um, five-piece Ravager, uh, two-piece Bloodspawn, uh, three-piece Potentates, uh, with two of those being uh, dual-wield sharpened maces, uh, one-piece Trainee, just for the, the health, um, and then the armor uh, weights are five heavy, one medium, one light. Um, and then it is seven well-fitted uh, pieces. And then the jewelry is three infused with all of those being uh, weaponed damage glyphs. Uh, and then I use the Serpent Mundus because he just drinks um, stamina. <laughs> he goes through stamina very quick. 
But the like I said, the hammers are both potentates and they're both sharpened um, just to get that extra penetration. Uh, and then based on the, um, I use the morph of the whip that builds up the weapon damage. Molten whip. Molten whip. And so the the offense is just very kind of simple. It just starts out. You just do Noxious Breath and Light Attack. Just kind of go into a group, throw a couple breaths, and then it kind of ramps up, and then you just kind of go from there. Um, he he leaps very often with the Potentates, the Blood Spawn. He's a Nord, the Oaken Soul Ring. Uh, he is leaping all the time. <laughs> Um, and uh, so, I just want to, I just want to go back to that breath. So you're saying like that, that breath is like multifunctional because that's your spammable, that's exactly. charging up your whip and it's giving you your ravager stacks. So like, exactly. it's really all about that breath ability that's doing the, everything. Basically. The breath is the key. It is, it is exactly the ramp up that you throw. Once you throw four of those breaths, you're, he's at well over, you know, 6,000 weapon and spell damage. Um, and, and that's kind of what starts it. And it's an AOE. So it, it is a great, um, you know, he is kind of still that brawler support build, just in the sense that he takes a whole bunch of damage and then he just kind of throws damage out on, into an entire team. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you throw the breath out there, he leaps. Um, I do use the the whip, which is really nice. If I really kind of want to focus somebody and really lay pressure into somebody, that whip is extremely helpful for that. Um, but most of the time, it's just that, you know, once you get those breaths out there, leap in, uh, drop a whip, and then just start spinning. Uh, and it's it works really, really well. And this. I've been really excited with this build. And oh yeah, a leap and a fully charged molten whip. Nothing more n- nothing makes <laughs> you feel more badass than doing that. <laughs> it's one of the greatest, one of the greatest yeah. combos. It's, it just makes you feel great. Uh, but yeah, I really do feel like this is it's a really this build is in a really good place. And of all my characters right now, he is I can finally say that Lord of Nords is my best he's my best PvP build right now for sure. Nice, man. Good to see Lord and Ord's in a good spot. He's in a very good spot. Uh, the next the build I'm going to talk about is old Bear Claw the Nord, my stamina mm-hmm. warden. Looking this good the, these days, gotta say. The first thing we got to talk about is he's got a new look. Uh, he's looking did, good. Did a full makeover, and I'm loving it. It's uh, gotten a couple whisper compliments on him. Uh, you put some screenshots in the Discord. I think some people would appreciate his, his gotta, fashion. Got to show off the new Bear Claw the Nord look. He's he's looking good. Um, this is the the point blank snipe build for sure. You know he just he can't not use it. And uh, I I was you know he he underwent some some pretty drastic changes uh, before I finally got this build to a good before place. he basically put it back to <laughs> put it back to where it was <laughs> with with some minor tweaks. But yeah, uh, he went full Magicka for a bit. I did a, a Frost Staff on there, went full Magicka. Then you know couldn't forgive myself for having a, 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 a Frost Staff Warden, uh, uh, and so switch back sell the, out. The, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, but you know, this build is now it's been tested and I've, you know, I've run a bunch of, uh, BGs and a, a couple BGs with you and it's, yeah, we've done some duos. A, yeah, it's good. It's, it's a good it's build. It's in a really good place right now. Um, the build is, uh, the Oaken Soul Mythic, uh, you, you know, the theme to all my builds now, it just starts with Oaken yeah. Soul. Um, it's a five piece Swamp Raider, uh, two piece Baylorg, two piece Trainee, and then the Vatishrand Bow, uh, in Sharpened. Um, mm-hmm. And then armor is five medium, one heavy, one light, seven well-fitted. The jewelry, once again, three infused, and all weapon damage glyphs on those. Uh, And then the Serpent Mundus, 
And really the offense is very simple. It is uh, sub assault, snipe, and then I've put the toxic barrage that uh, Bo alt. No uh, more bear. No more bear. But we've seen firsthand the massive change <laughs> and, and boost <laughs> it has done for the build. Uh, what's your experience uh, that toxic barrage? You're like, so long, yeah. bear. Well, and <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I would bet you, I mean, because once again, he's a Nord with the Oaken Soul. Uh, he builds ultimate, not, not quite like Lord of Nords level, but he, he builds up ultimate quick. And I bet you just slotting that toxic barrage, I bet you it's doubled his damage in BGs. When you have a shimmering shield too, right? Yep. Oh, so you got yep. the major and minor heroism. Exactly. So you get that toxic barrage constantly. Yes. And so, and it really is just sub assault. Make sure you have sub assault ready and then you're just sniping and then unleash toxic barrage every time you have. And that, that swamp raider is giving all three of those abilities the, the 600 damage buff. And so they all hit very, very hard. Um, and you know, I've, I've talked in the past about one of the problems with snipe is that people, especially high level players, they're going to dodge. Um, but the kind of hilarious thing that I've noticed here lately is that the snipe hits so hard, they're going to dodge it maybe two, three, even four times, but it's going to hit them. Like they can only dodge for so yeah, long. They only have so much stamina. And once it starts hitting them, it just takes chunks of health. I mean, it just takes huge chunks. I don't care how tanky the player is. And then usually, uh, you know, by the time I'm to that point, I can unleash a toxic barrage by the time a subsault's going off, and it usually is enough to finish off most players. So, quick um, reminder about that uh, toxic barrage ultimate too is it does leave that really strong lingering dot. Yes. So if it if it doesn't if the actual channeled portion of it doesn't kill them, just keep pressuring them after that, and they'll very likely die then. Yep. And the other great thing about that with this build is that it is wearing two-piece Baylorg. So as soon as I proc, you know, as soon as Ooh, I proc yeah. that ult, it's getting that Baylorg buff. And so that's going right into the toxic barrage. And once that Ooh. dot is on them, I'm ramped up even more that I can hit sub assault and snipe even harder to finish them off. Oh, I bet if you save up to 500 ult and unload that Baylorg <laughs> toxic barrage, man, it's, I bet that's so much damage. It, uh, it's usually an instant kill at that point. It is nasty. <laughs> It's nasty to watch. I got to try that. That sounds like a really fun build. It is so much fun. I mean, I just, you know, we've talked about this in multiple episodes. The point blank snipe is just so incredibly fun to use. It is just, you're running, uh, you know, every time we, we group up together, we're in Discord, we're always joking about just get closer. We're not close enough. That's why they (laughs) look. Get get closer when you shoot them with that bow. It's so good. So it's, Sub Assault and Snipe, and mm-hmm. aside from the ultimate, those are your two offensive abilities, and yep. you have Shimmering Shield and Vigor and Arctic Blast. That is right. Bar? Yep. That's a solid bar. Yeah. That's a solid bar. Very good defense with the, you know, with the Shield, Vigor, and the Arctic Blast. Very, yeah. you know, very defensive, uh, and the offense is there. So that, that build has definitely been working out really, really well. Very nice. Um, and then the next build I'm going to talk about, one of your favorite named, I think, mm-hmm. uh, the, the Need for Mead, my Stamplar. Amazing name. <laughs> um, and, you know, this is another build that uh, I didn't have to do much adjustment to it, but I just kind of came in and tweaked it and just changed up some slight things. And I'm feeling really good about this build as well. This is one that we were playing uh, just last night on, and we were kind of talking and uh, really good results in this build. I, I love this Stamplar setup. Um, the build is uh, Oaken Soul Mythic, 
um, five piece Dagon's Dominion, five piece Deadly Strike, and then one piece Magma Incarnate. Uh, and the build is seven, seven medium armor, seven well fitted. Um, nice. And so the, uh, the damage, uh, the, it's oh, Dagon and Deadly. There's no way it's not outrageous damage. It is, it is a very hard hitting build. I use the Serpent Mundus for recovery. And then I'm actually using a two handed, uh, Deadly Strike Maul that is sharpened for that extra penetration. The jewelry is three swift with, uh, spell damage glyphs. And so that kind of takes care of my speed with the three swift jewelry. And so um, the combo is really, I use the, uh, the living dark bubble. And once you kick, uh, kick that off, it gives you that passive that uh, gives you the minor uh, sorcery. Yeah. And so it ups your, ups your spell damage. So just starting off any fight, I just pop that living dark. And then you just run in there, crescent sweep, jab. And then I have the javelin unblockable when I need a stun. And then you just really are just jabbing, uh, just jab, jab, jab. Yeah. Um, and then the, the, once again, it's a Nord with the Oaken soul. It gets ultimate very quick. And for how cheap Crescent sweep is, it's amazing how often this build is Crescent sweeping. It is, I mean, almost, almost every other combo, every other rotation, it has a Crescent sweep included in this. So Oh yeah, with your you know Nord and Oaken Soul and how cheap Crescent is, yeah, yes. you're just spamming that thing basically. Yes, and it, and it, the 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 bar setup just works really well because you know Jab takes care of it. I don't you know I don't need an execute. The Javelin is my stun. The the Swift Jewelry is the speed I need, and it's it's able to have plenty of damage with the Crescent Sweep and the and the Jabbing, and then the other part of the bar is I have the the Bubble, which is a great defensive tool. And then I have um, Breath of Life and uh, Vigor. And so, or probably Honor the Dead, right? The other yes, more for yes, Breath of Life? Yes, yes, you are correct. So Honor the Dead, Vigor, and the Bubble, which oh, is yeah. just three great defensive abilities. And so he is a very difficult character to take down with that combined with that speed. Uh, he does a re- he does a really good job of getting out of any kind of sticky situation that he that I get caught and, in. Um, Jabs gets a bad rap lately because it got some heavy nerfs, but it's still tooltip wise one of the strongest spammables out there. I know on old Betsy on my Stamplar, who isn't even as heavily invested in damage as you are, her tooltip for jabs is about 15k when you add up all three hits. So yours is probably yeah. even more than that. Yes, so it is. Jabs is still is not a bad spammable at all. Still, no, and it's an AOE, which is. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. I mean, that amount of damage with, with an AOE is fantastic. And with Crescent Sweep, uh, you know, it has that AOE initial hit, but then that, that lingering pulse going along with jabs uh, and all the, the offensive buffs you're getting from Oaken Soul and your, your two armor sets, your two five-piece sets, amping all of that up so much. Both mm-hmm. sets are applying to all of that damage. It's going to be quite a bit, even though it's just two abilities. Yep, it does. So, And, and it's, a, it's such a comfortable bar because, like you just said, yeah. it, it's... It's just two abilities on your offense, really. And the, the, the javelin is really only situational, you know, when you need to finish uh-huh. them off, throw that at the right time, and then kind of, you know, use the crescent. Use the stamina the or the magic of javelin? I use the stamina javelin. That's the, that's the honorable javelin. One, it doesn't <laughs> knock people back. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Uh, but yeah, that, that build is really, I've been really, really excited about the results that that build's been getting as well. That's, that's in a, a good, good place, uh, for a build. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. Ni- that's a, that's a good one. That's like nice and simple. Like if you just kind of want something, that's not super hard to play, but you want some good results. That's a good one right there. 
Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and then the last build that I'm going to talk about is the my uh, Magicka Necromancer Healer support build, the Neverending Nord. Neverending Nord. And the Neverending Nord. And really, the the key piece to this build is that uh, you know I had a setup on them that was effective and good, but you know. Kind of like the need for mead, like the need for mead Stamplar has to be speedy. I mean, you can't have a name like that and not be speedy and not have three swift jewelry. Yeah. The never ending Nord, I wasn't, he's, he's got to be unkillable. He's got to be never ending. That's <laughs> got to be the theme of what this build is. And so uh, I put this new setup on him and he very much, uh, I've, I've done, this is probably of the four builds, the one that I've tested the least, but uh, I have. Uh, done a decent amount of testing with it and he has proved so far to be uh very never ending um the build is uh the oaken soul mythic uh five piece mara's bomb which everybody knows how how you know tanky that set is and then i put that with the five piece hiss sap um, uh-huh. one piece magma incarnate um and so his whole build is just hots just whatever you're doing to him it's putting hots on him to heal himself Um, and so he kind of takes care of himself without me having to do or worry about my own health much at all yeah just those two armor sets are going to keep you alive yep and then i do the uh the 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 body of the maris bomb so it's five piece heavy uh one medium one light uh the armor is seven divines and that's just kind of help with the uh, recovery because i use the atronach mundus uh, and then the jewelry is three infused, and I'm right now I'm running two spell damage and one magicka recovery. Uh, and then I use the resto staff uh, as his weapon, and uh, with that being powered to kind of amp up the heals. Uh, and really, with the bar, it's just the main thing is just you know keep your heals up, make sure the totem you know you're using the totem for crowd control. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's just you know we've talked a lot about really what an effective healer is in the current meta is just one that can take a beating. And, it, you know, in the current meta, if people, you know, they see someone kind of start healing and they see a healer on the team, usually the focus will switch to the healer. Everybody focus that healer. And if an entire team can focus you and you stay alive while your team kind of finishes them off, that's, that's kind of the, the best type of healer right now. And that's exactly what this build is, is that he is very difficult to take down with his current setup. Um, and he's got good CC with that totem. Uh, yeah, it's very and, different in PV for a PVP healer as opposed to PVE. You need to yes. be selfish in PVP. Yes. Absolutely. Uh, but yeah, he's he's been very never ending right now. I've really, I'm really really excited about this build just with how tanky he is, uh, and his heals have been very good, uh, and he's throwing out strong heals. So nice. it's been working out really well. Some solid builds, man. So there you go, listeners. There's eight. Solid builds for you to choose from. If you're looking for it's a gotta new build, it's got to be a record try, for us. Four double bar builds, four single bar builds. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Take your pick. We, we cover it all. <laughs> we got healers. We got damage dealers. We got them all. Do you have wretched on all four years? Because that would be fantastic. Let's see, wretched, 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 wretched. Yep. <laughs> so you got Oaken in all yours. I got yeah. Wretched on all mine. You know, those are just our sets. Yeah, Oaken for me, Wretched for you. It's just like what we like. We like what we like. Um, so I'm kind of getting into a healer phase. I actually have a couple of great healer builds. I won't talk about those tonight, but they're actually, I could, they're done and ready to go, but we'll save it for next time for the sake of time. Um, but so 
next episode, be prepared for that. I got a necro and a warden healer that I'm I'm feeling pretty good about. Um, what you got any builds in the works, Davius? Um, I I you know I've talked in the past about a my werewolf build about kind of my idea on that. And I've talked about this <laughs> any sets. day now. We're going to get this werewolf. <laughs> What's going to happen first, my my mag DK or my werewolf? I will say this: this this will provide hope to the people wondering about this werewolf build. I have all the pieces, and he has all the pieces equipped. He's got them all set up. I don't have the traits right, but he is to the point, I think, where I can actually start taking him into some BGs and testing it out. Okay. All right. So he's close. Okay. So it's a... It's a it's a real podcast episode this week, ladies and gentlemen. We're starting <laughs> off 2023 uh, right, thanks to Colin. Colin wrote us an email, uh, and it's a long one. We're going to kind of take this one in chunks. Uh, Colin says, gentlemen, I wanted to reach out and say congratulations on finally getting your deathmatch weekend. I know it's something you've been looking forward to for a while, and the fact that you got it before 2023 is awesome. Yep. It is it awesome. Was. I agree. Uh, like we said earlier, a little bittersweet because it was a reminder of mm-hmm. what was taken from us. But it was uh, a lot. But of it fun. was awesome. It was a great yeah. weekend. Ah oh, man, the I'm still I'm still riding that high, man. The the yeah. glory. Uh, and like I said, I just played with Betsy the whole time, and it was awesome. <laughs> no regrets. Um, Colin goes on to say, "I've been a huge fan of the podcast for a while now." I'm a third-year medical student, and I listen to you guys in the mornings during my 40-minute commute to work. Uh, since I don't have as much time to play ESO as I used to, your podcast helps me uh, helps keep me connected with the game I so dearly enjoy. Very cool. Much appreciation on that. Yeah, that's really it. awesome, man. I mean, honestly, I feel honored that you care what we have to say about anything at all. You know, <laughs> <laughs> like, like the most uh, true statement ever. Like the the fact that that people actually care what what our ramblings are like very yeah. awesome yeah it's it's just so cool man I'm, I'm glad that you want to spend that time with us you could you could be spending that time you know exposing yourself to any number of things so i appreciate uh that you want to spend that time with us um lastly colin says i want to ask a question have you ever made a themed build and how did that turn out uh, by theme build, I mean a build that is all a specific damage type or based on a character or idea or perhaps something else. So, Davius, I'm going to let you take this one first. You're kind of the, the theme oh guy here. Um, so what do you got? You know, the, the first thing I would say is that in, in a way, I would almost say all my builds are themed builds, but not yeah. in the sense of like I've taken a character outside of the game. like. I think one of the big things with my theme builds, and, and I think you, and you know, this is for you as well, is that we, we kind of piece together a character and we play with them so much that we just kind of build up in our minds, like based on the look of this character, based how we play him, like what, what's this character like, like what, what are we going to build? And then I very much, once I kind of build this, you know, for fun, made up backstory to this character or this lifestyle, I kind of try to build a, you know, a theme that matches that, uh, you know, the bear claw, the Nord build, I I'm always joking with Ket that he's just, 
some wilderness man that just lives out in the middle of nowhere and that he doesn't know how to use a bow and arrow. And so that's why he's point blank sniping. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, the, the same that thing. Seriously was, you, you had that conception of him yeah. before that weapon existed too. It's exactly. So yeah. Yeah. Before they even came out with it, you know, it was like, he was this wilderness man that lived with bears and just, you know, didn't talk to anybody. And then they came out with point blank snipe and it was like, Oh, this is too perfect. This is just too perfect. Same thing with Lord of Nords, you know, he's just, he's, you know, if, if you've, uh, if you've seen the look of Lord of Nords, I try to make him just look like the most lunatic Nord ever, <laughs> yeah. uh, just massive, huge lunatic Nord. Uh, and so it just goes perfectly, you know, kind of, he, he leaps all the freaking time, you know, uh, anytime I'm in a BG, it's just kind of a joke that, you know, a fight's going to start if he's in the match, cause it's going to be him leaping in to start the fight. Mm-hmm. So I, I would say that, you know, not taking like specific characters from any books, shows or stories or in that regard. But um, once we I think once I kind of come up with this just fun identity of a character, I very much build a theme build that goes along with that character. Yeah, it, it definitely starts at the outfit station, right? Oh, like yeah. you make a new it's the character, most important part of the character. You, you start, you know, for me, it's just kind of we're just trying random stuff fashion wise at first. You know, we're just kind of trying stuff to see what sticks, but then once a look starts to take form, that's going to determine a lot of things about that build going forward a lot of the Absolutely. time. Absolutely. That's, that's, that's what, you know, that's where we come up with the themes is once we yeah. get the look of the build where we like it, we're like, all right, this is theme of this build is next. I'm, kind of, I'm, I'm very similar. I have a sort of a headcanon of like a personality of my characters and that helps inform some build decisions. It's like it's like a, a cross between that and and the class itself, right? I try to stay mm-hmm. true to the class yep. and true to the character, and what wherever that intersection meets, that's my build, <laughs> you know. Uh, so like uh, Bad Sally, my Stam DK is an example of kind of like what you were saying. My idea of her personality is she would never use a ranged attack, right? That's for, <laughs> she, for weaklings. That's just um, dishonorable. So she would never have a bow or a staff or any kind of ranged attack, melee only. She wants to see the fear in your eyes. You know, so that's that's <laughs> build, that's build decisions. I, I will not put a ranged uh, ability on her build. Um, I think another example is my uh, are my healers. I have a warden healer and a necro healer, and they're kind of like the yin and yang of each other. Like my warden is like she's like a, a goody goody she never harms another living thing she's a pure healer she only heals nothing else yeah um whereas despair my necro it, she she's a healer but she's more about um weakening the enemies you know that's more thematic for what a necromancer does is they they they're all about rotting and death and disease yep. and all that Absolutely. stuff Absolutely. Um, so that's the way that she provides support is by debuffing and crowd controlling and helping with damage while while also healing as well um, so, you know, that's, that's, uh, that sticks thematically with the class itself, as well as the personality of the character. And that's, yeah, I guess we're very similar in that way as yeah. far as how, how we theme our builds. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'll give you two more exa- quick examples is, you know, like I just mentioned with the never ending Nord, you know, I, I've, I have built, you know, a theme build if I want him to be an, a never ending unkillable character. Same thing for need, the need for mead, you know, yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah. that character has to be speedy. I've got to have speed on that character. Yeah, totally. Um, so yeah, kind of, sort of theme, theme, yeah. sort of builds. 
Uh, Colin has some uh, some examples that he gave. He has uh, his PVE main is an all short uh, an all shock damage sort. <laughs> Could uh, be short. We don't know. <laughs> shork. Yeah. Uh, it's a it's a it's a shock build sor- sorcerer. He uses storm curse revenge, Netch's touch, uh, a Lambrus. And he says it's a, a great AOE build. He has a PvP Magdike that deals all flame damage using Oaken Soul, Shacklebreaker, and Burning Spellweave. Haven't seen Shacklebreaker used in a long time. Good to see that one out there. Yeah, it was Shacklebreaker. Man, that was on every build back in the day. Oh, yeah. Uh, Colin also has a Stam DK Poison build that does all poison damage uh, using Morog Tong, Witch Knight's Defiance, and he just uses a bunch of poison dots and the, and the poison morph of Snipe for the spammable. Sounds pretty strong. Yep. Uh, he has an Ice Queen build. It's a Magicka Warden using a Whirl of the Depths, Frostbite, and Ice Heart, and uses all ice abilities. And he has a few other ideas that he, he lists here. Um, and then he says, Thank you again for all your hard work on the Scroll and Podcast, and I can't wait to see what the future brings. Thank you so much, Colin. That was a really wonderful email, man. Yeah, I, I seriously. I really appreciate you writing Awesome, in. Awesome email and just, just huge appreciation uh, for yeah. sending that in and, and all the nice words. Just yeah just awesome yeah. to hear um and then we got a not really an email but a, a youtube comment for the the youtube version of of the show uh christian says i love this podcast with my coffee thank you for not flaming and not being toxic towards the devs and the game yeah i i appreciate that you recognize that we make yeah. a point to to not be toxic and to you know we try to convey that we like this game. We play this game because we like it and we're yeah. doing a podcast about it because we, we like it, you know? So we definitely get critical at times. Certainly sure. you, can, you can definitely go back and hear episodes where we're quite critical. Um, but if there ever comes a time where that goes on for too long, I mean, honestly, I'll start playing another game at that time. Like, you know, earlier last year, I started playing Elden Ring cause I wasn't happy with ESO. So that's you know, rather than bashing the game, we'll, we'll have our criticism. We'll state our piece and then, We'll, if we feel like we need to, we'll just go do something else rather than continuing to complain. Absolutely. And I think that's the biggest thing, you know, with all of the, even the little, you know, the parts that we're critical about, I mean, overall, the entire game, you know, from cover to cover is, you know, we, we love this game. Like we, we play game. it all the time. It's a fantastic, it's got. Even at its worst, you know. Yeah, it, it has game. the best combat system just out there. It is a perfect combat system. It's very interactive takes skill to get used to and play and i mean it's a fantastic game uh we we love this game um yeah you know even on the even times we're critical we we still love this game and, and we still enjoy playing it a lot so just need deathmatch q that's that's, <laughs> that's what we need <laughs> give us that uh, and also also got to shout out the you know the podcast with the coffee okay love oh, yeah. a cup of coffee I start every single day with a po- with a podcast and a cup of coffee. Absolutely, and and I'll be crazy, you know, tossing a piece of toast in there, a little buttered oh, toast. Absolutely, you know, hey, oh yeah, you know, oh yeah, it's a tasty coffee little. toast in a podcast. That is most mornings for me. 100%. That is that's that's the sweet spot right there. If you would like to send us an email, you can email us at scrollandpodcast at gmail dot com. Uh, you can do like Colin here and write a whole essay, or uh, you can just ask <laughs> us a question, tell us a story, tell us a joke, say hello, um, shout out to a friend, whatever you like, scrollingpodcast at gmail.com. 
We also have some shout outs. Uh, shout out uh, by request from Gummy Bear. Gummy Bear says, I would like to shout out GrizzlyCon for helping me and my friend Toad out with housing and furnishings. He really came in clutch. So shout out GrizzlyCon. He said the shout magic out, phrase. Shout out GrizzlyCon. Uh, get this man a t-shirt. Also, another <laughs> shout out to GrizzlyCon and Uncle Sam for uh, helping us with our attempt oh, at a veteran Black Crows prison. You know, we're uh, we're gonna do a second attempt sometime. Just we're gonna to try see. it again. One of these. We're days. gonna it give was it another not, shot. It was not a successful attempt. We ended up. We did not get past the second boss, which is the difficult boss of that. I I will arena. say, and I don't know if I think I told Sam, but I don't know if Grizzlycon has found out yet. So I will say. I will take part of that responsibility as the tank. I found out that I did not have champion points on. <laughs> that, <laughs> that could be help. a key piece. That, you know, that could, could have been help. a crucial. That component. could have been something. That could have been something. So you know, we uh, should have known we weren't prepared when it took us like 15 minutes just to like get to the place yeah, and just to like get, get everyone through together the door. and like we're through the there. wrong door multiple times. We accidentally, yeah, we accidentally like left the arena because we went through the wrong door. Just just like an abg you know the first one is just a warm-up it's that second one that it starts that's when it starts getting real and then we finally gave up and we're like all right let's just do it on normal and we of course we breeze through it on normal but then nobody got any of the weapons that they wanted so it's just a total like forget this place god <laughs> i uh yeah yeah it was you know we'll get it we're gonna get it one of these times it's gonna happen yeah we'll do it again we'll, we'll tackle it again maybe with your champion points we'll have a little bit better luck uh another shout out to uncle sam uh he and i've been doing quite a lot of imperial city duo action we've been uh grouping up and and queuing up in the um, the group queue for battlegrounds but that, that's often like a half hour wait time for that so to kill the time we uh we've been running around in imperial city and just having an awesome time the population's actually been really good in here lately surprisingly oh nice um so that's just been a lot of fun shout out to uncle sam man uh, that's been cool I actually, I have to piggyback that. I have to give a shout out to Uncle Sam. Just, you know, as I was mentioning that Lord of Nords build, you've told me for years now that well-fitted is the way to go. Um, for whatever reason, I don't know why I haven't listened to you, but Sam, I've Probably got just a shout out. The transutes. There you go. I got a <laughs> shout out to Uncle Sam because he was the one that finally just, you know, Sam's got a way. He just kind of lets you know, don't be a dummy. This is what you need to do. He was yeah. the one that got me on this well fitted, and it is it has been the the cherry on top for the Lord of Nords build. Is that seven well fitted? Sam does have this way of being like very direct without <laughs> making <laughs> you feel yeah. too stupid. Like I'm always like kind of, well, you could do that if you want to, but I would do this. But Sam's like, don't be stupid, do this. this you know? <laughs> just no, 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 don't do that. You're gonna regret this. Just this is what you need to do. And you're just like, okay, sorry, Sam. All right, Sam said so. Uncle Sam. Official build consultant of the Scrolling Podcast. Yeah, there you go. That's how I know uh, Lord of Nords build is is in good shape. Is that it's Uncle Sam approved? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, also, shout out to the chat, uh, Gummy Bear and Grizzly Khan. Thank you guys very much for joining us yeah. tonight. Always great to have you around. Absolutely. Um, we have a guild. The guild's name is Stoons Goons, best named guild on the server, and it's also the mm-hmm. official guild of the Scrolling Podcast. Oh, what? That was, that was a good? nice little plug. It was, it was nice. It was good. Yeah, yeah. I'm feeling the flow tonight. Oh, yeah. Uh, if you'd like to be a member of Stoons Goons, send us an email at scrollingpodcast at gmail.com and we'll send you an invite. If your guild roster is full, it's all good. We'll get you in the Discord. And anyone who's in the Discord is a fully-fledged goon as far as I'm concerned. And that's usually where we're chatting and, and everything anyway. 
Um, so scrollingpodcast at gmail.com uh, for the guild or the discord or both uh, whatever you want um, what else what else we got Davis anything I think that's everything alright well thank you all very much for listening and we'll catch you next time really stepped up my whiskey game i've got those uh, uh one i got some new whiskey glasses which you know it's great okay and this is the most important part of what i'm about to say i've uh got the stuff where i can make those big old ice cubes now the whiskey ice cubes, oh the yeah, giant the squares or the big old spheres i got both yeah squares or spheres uh-huh. Take what do you want? squares or, fe- squares yeah. or spheres squares or spheres <laughs> let's say that five times fast yeah. <laughs> that's a toughie you say that five times fast, and people are going to say, "How much whiskey have you had?" You know what you need to do. You need to get yourself the stuff to make like a top shelf old fashioned. You may already, already have done it. it. I'm already there. Oh. I'm already there. Okay, I've been making homemade most whole. Okay, you got those big cubes now. So now you got the like real fancy ones. So so since Christmas, I have been dabbling and making my own homemade old fashions. I got all the stuff. Got the orange peel and all. Got the orange peel. Got it all. And nothing. You know, that's one of the coolest thing about the old fashions. When you make it, it's really cool looking to make. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I bet like if you kind of practice making one a lot, you can kind of. You know, have a little flair there. You know, a little pageantry. You need a uh, mortar. You know, well, like a mean? like like for sh- launching missiles. No, 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 no. Like the the tool. <laughs> like there's a lot to making these things. <laughs> the tool to mash things usually goes with a uh, here's grizzly cons. Oh, uh, like a mortar and this. pestle. Yeah, it's mortar a pestle, right? You say mm-hmm. the T. Mm-hmm. Mortar and pestle. I Grizz, think that's what my Grizz science teacher in middle mortar school told me to say. Pestle. Grizz is coming in. He's coming in hot. All right. Yes, we did it. Pestle. Proof. We just we said something right. Uh, let's thank uh, Miss Jordan for teaching me in middle school <laughs> how you. to pronounce mortar thank and pestle. Miss Jordan, what were you guys using it in also, science class? Also, um, learned about a Bunsen burner. Ooh, the old Bunsen um, burner. There were some other things in that lesson. We used them in some things. I don't remember what for exactly. I think we used them just. For the sake of using it. You well, know, the good news is, is that you're in your science class, you you remembered the important stuff. Oh, yeah. The mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Photosynthesis. It's gotten me far in life. <laughs> uh, that's so funny how... That's like become a meme, like of like the one thing everyone remembers from science science class, the one meaningless phrase that means nothing. <laughs> there it is. Mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell. Everyone knows that. Everybody knows that. What does that What does that mean exactly? It's well, powerhouse. What? It's powerhouse. What it's else do you need? Around kicking ass. What do you want? 